Well, amen, and uh, good morning again, church. It's the, the Ryan and Ryan and Roland show this morning. <laughs> so all the R's, and then and Kevin as well. So we'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> but uh, it is great to be together, uh, great to be able to celebrate uh, this time of year uh, together. It's December already. Uh, hard to believe that that happened. I hope the transition from Thanksgiving into the Christmas season has gone well for you. Uh, really just snuck up on us, but I will say the Christmas uh, season and Christmas effect is in full effect uh, in our house. Uh, so I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, we have a, a very strict rule that until the day after Thanksgiving, no Christmas music can be played. But when that happens, though, I mean, it is on. It is on and popping. So in, in a special way this year, um, so over the summer, uh, my wife and, and myself and the kids had been up at my grandparents' house in upstate New York, and we had an opportunity to stay there. And just through uh, exploration in the house, we'll say, stumbled across this stack of old records, uh, many of which were Christmas records. Uh, and so I talked to my grandfather about it, said, you know, very politely, like, hey, you know, you still using these records? Knowing that uh, no was the answer. Uh, and so I just said, you know, can we, uh, can we use these? Can we have these? And, and certainly he was like, sure, uh, go ahead and take those. And so a couple years ago, my wife had bought me a record player because I had this old Michael Jackson Thriller album that I was like, I need a record player to be able to play. And so, uh, and I probably shouldn't put that out there because people that come over to my house might be trying to snag that uh, record. <clears throat> but she had purchased a record player for me. And so, you know, now we have all these Christmas records that are just rocking in our house right now. Nat King Cole, Bing Crosby, Rosemary Clooney, Andy Williams, Perry Cuomo. I mean, the list just goes on. And I see some blank stares out there like, who are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, great Christmas music. Uh, and, you know, after all, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is... And I see some more blank stares out there. Okay, <laughs> It's from Alf, but yes... The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear, which we've already done so. I won't do so from up here and ruin the Christmas spirit for you. But uh, in any case, I mean, that is one great way to get into the Christmas spirit. And so we've been able to do that in our household. And, you know, whatever it takes for you to do so, definitely encourage that. But one of the things that I love about coming to church is the opportunity to recenter, reset on Jesus, which really is, you know, it sounds cliche to say, but it's true. It is the reason for the season. Uh, and it's always great to be able to come to church and recenter and reset on Jesus. But I think as we think about this time of year and all the distractors, both, you know, sort of Christmas-oriented distractors, but maybe not necessarily lined up with the season, but then all the other stuff as well. Right, I think that we can all agree and relate to the amplified busyness and the stress of the season that really distracts us from what it's all about and all the blessings that come 
from that reality of Jesus coming into the world, of God sending his son into the world. And, you know, as I think about the distractors and the busyness, this quote often comes to mind. I've shared it before in here, but uh, I think it is so appropriate. So uh, Gene Arp, a pretty well-known poet and philosopher, had wisely observed during his time uh, this, and I'll just, I'll maybe read the quote a couple times because I think it's so powerful and useful. He said this, Soon silence will have passed into legend. Humanity has turned their back on silence. Day after day they invent machines and devices that increase noise and distract humanity from the essence of life. Contemplation, meditation. So I'll just, I'll summarize again. I mean, really, you think about that. I mean, in many ways, silence has passed into legend, even for us who profess to be people who step outside of that, right? We turn our back on silence day after day. We do invent things or pick up things to distract us from the most important things in life. And I do think it's important to say, I'm not down on technology. I mean, you know, I'm using uh, technology here. I think that technology in in some ways can help us to get into a meditative, uh, contemplative state. But we also have to recognize the way that some of these things that can be good can really distract us from the most important things, from the priorities in life. And Gene Arp says contemplation meditation But I would take that a step further and maybe a different step and just say, very simply put, Jesus, right? God, the the spiritual reality of being able to be connected to him in his kingdom. And so I think church provides a great opportunity to remember that challenge, right? And to step outside of that and step into the reason for the season, to step into the most important things in life, and in this case, again, that being Jesus. And I think that Mary provides a great example of someone who was able to do that in a very joyous, in a very busy time in her life, giving birth to Jesus. There's a a beautiful scripture. It's really quick. It's just one small verse, but it shows her example of stepping outside of some of the distractors, and not all bad distractors, but the distractors to ponder and contemplate in her heart Jesus and the gift of Jesus, the gift of God's Son, of our King coming into the world in such a miraculous and unbelievable way. And I want to highlight her example this morning for all of us to take with us now through the season and throughout our lives so we can connect with and be centered on the most important things in life. So Luke 2, we'll just read a few uh, verses there. Yeah, we're jumping right into the birth narrative already. Uh, I know we're a little ways away from Christmas, and we'll probably do this multiple times over the next several Sundays. But this is something that's really been on my heart, that's been helpful for me, and hope to pass that along to you. So Luke 2, we're going to begin in verse 8, and just to give it some context here. So the beginning of Luke 2 is uh, really just 
all about the birth. And so, you know, Mary and Joseph um, heading up to uh, Bethlehem and uh, they're giving birth. And then uh, from there, it talks about uh, a little bit more about that experience. And so in verse 8, it begins with this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Amen. So we'll uh, stop there and I'll provide just a few comments on that and uh, I'll make some connections to my life and then uh, give you a couple of uh, practical applications, some challenges, so to speak, to implement into your life throughout this season and really throughout the year. But I, I love this section of uh, the birth narrative for a number of reasons, and there's a lot to unpack here, but uh, I just will make a few comments on this. And so, you know, here we see the fulfillment of what the angel had prophesied to Mary in Luke 1, and certainly encourage people to go back to take a look at that. As the angel appeared to her, said many great things about Jesus and the birth of Jesus and how this was going to happen to her. And I think one uh, enjoyable, kind of neat thing to do is to go back and look at what the angel had said to Mary and then contrast that with what the angel had said to the shepherds. A lot of similarities there, but some differences. And I think that's important to point out because as the angel appears to the shepherds, again, a bit of a different message their response to that is they are like, we got to check this out. we got to see this thing for ourselves, which is a, a, an interesting and, and cool response. So they hurry off to go and see the baby. And it doesn't say a whole lot about the interaction that the shepherds had with Mary. But my understanding is, and my, just my own thought, is that there was probably this mutual sharing. I mean, Mary probably had quite a bit to say about, yeah, an angel had appeared to me. And this, these were the things that were said. The shepherds probably came and said, yes, this is, this is why we're here. This is what was shared with us. And imagine the coming together of those two prophecies. 
about Jesus and who he was and what was happening. And it was probably hard to kind of piece it all together and think about the bigger story. But regardless of how that happened, it was an amazing experience. Unbelievable. But they had to believe it because of what God was doing. And so then it says that they go off and they, they share this message. After they go and see for themselves and they go off and they share this message. And the people were amazed at what was happening, as, at, at, at what was going on. And I want to contrast that response and what was happening there to what Mary did. And I don't think that what they did was wrong. It certainly wasn't portrayed that way um, in the story. They responded to the message that they received, that being the shepherds, have this interaction with Mary. Then they go out and spread the message. That's great. That's awesome. People were amazed. People were inspired by that. But Mary's response is different. And again, one isn't better than the other, but I do think that there's something very important in her response for us to consider. Right? She is going through this experience. She remembers this prophecy. She also you know, remembers what was going on with um, her sister Elizabeth and, and the birth of John. And now putting all these things together. Her response again, which is what I want to really highlight this morning and focus our minds and hearts on, is that it says that she treasured up all these things. Treasured up all of these things. The messages from the angel, the miraculous events taking place, and the meaning of Jesus coming into the world as far as she understood it at that point. Certainly it wasn't all revealed to her, but there was quite a bit that she was able to understand beyond the common understanding of what was happening. It says that she treasured these things in her heart. Another way to translate that is that she kept these things in her heart. And a question that I would offer us for consideration and some pondering of our own is, well, what does it mean to really treasure something? What does it really mean to internally treasure something? I want to pause for a moment to just get us to uh, consider that. In and of our own being, to treasure something. What does that mean? And maybe a way to make it more practical and tangible for us is to think about, well, what are the things that you treasure in your life and how do you do that? What is that process? I think that's really important and meaningful for us especially as we consider this story and understanding it, but also understanding our response and what our response should be to the coming of Jesus into the world and into our lives. So I've had a little bit more time to ponder this than, than you have, uh, and so I'll just share a couple of thoughts. But I wanted to give you an opportunity to really think through that. What does it mean to treasure something? Well, I think it means a few things. I think she delighted in this. And so much to delight in about this experience, right? An angel appeared to her. An angel appeared to shepherds about her and her experience. Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior, the one in, G in, in uh, King David's line, came into the world in this miraculous way. Mary had been with no man. Coming into the world, she delighted in that reality. 
She cherished it. She put great value on that. As we think about what does it mean to treasure something, I think that delight, cherish, and, tre and, and value are important things in that experience. Now, there are things in life that we automatically do that with, right? And, and I think in this particular experience, sometimes it's easier to value these things, but we can cultivate that in our own lives through an intentional process. And I think that's what Mary took the time to do during this experience. There was probably some of that that was just automatic. Oh man, this is amazing. There's angels all over the place and shepherds are showing up and Jesus is here. This is great. But I also think that she intentionally took the time to step aside and take a moment to really treasure these things. And I think that's really important for us to notice, remember, and put into practice. But it doesn't just say that. It says that she treasured these things, but then it also says that she pondered them in her heart. What does that mean? I think that's important for us to consider as well. So I'll pause for a moment. It doesn't say that she just pondered them in her mind. I think that was part of the process. I certainly think that was part of the process. But it says that she pondered them in her heart. So if we were to ponder things in our hearts, what's that process like? What's that about? How is that different than just pondering things intellectually or just pondering things in our heart? You see, Mary provides a great example of treasuring something so meaningful and important, the right things to treasure, but then also pondering things in her heart in a way that impacted her being and who she was, not just as an intellectual pursuit, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but that's not the whole story. And that can't be the whole story for us as Christians. Because if it just stays in an intellectual endeavor, then we might as well just go off and be some type of scholar, not that that's bad, but a scholar, and just, you know, think about things on that level. But that doesn't change who we are. So the pondering in the heart, I think, goes a little bit like this. You see, our hearts are the center of who we are. It's the center of our being. It's where our desires flow from, our emotions flow from, our will comes from what's in our heart. And so when it says that Mary pondered these things in her heart, I think that she allowed this experience to just not stay in her mind, but descend from her mind down into her heart. And I think that process changed who she was. She considered and contemplated these events, their meaning, again, allowing them to impact her own desires, her own emotional experience in her will, decisions, and actions. One verse explains so much of how we need to be in life, but in this time of year. And I bring this up as a cautionary tale because if we don't spend time looking at the example, contemplating, pondering, in our hearts, treasuring things up, we will miss the season and we will miss the opportunity to make an impact on the world in a way that the world so desperately needs. And 
I offer this as a, a challenge and as um, a, a practical example of what to do, but also as a challenge to myself. You know, I was just thinking back to uh, my week. I mean, a lot of great things happen, things I think worthy of uh, contemplation and, and meditation. Um, you know, Wednesday night had the opportunity to uh, do the parenting class. That was a, a great joy, a, a great experience. Um, working on, you know, a couple of projects at work, and work has been very busy, and that, those things have been good. That's been um, enjoyable. Uh, got the Christmas decorations up, so I feel like that's a big uh, plus. You know, always uh, excited about that. But hey, even if I didn't get it up at this point, then, you know, that's okay too. Uh, but was grateful for that. But also dealing with sickness in the house. It's the, the, the uh, season for that as well. The gifts that keep on giving. Sickness, just, you know, spreading that around. And so, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, William has RSV and uh, an ear infection right now. He's got a fever. And he's, he's rebounding at home, you know, watching cars and, you know, getting that in. And, but, um, but, you know, that's presented some challenges as well. And certain, certainly, you know, all the other things like, well, I got to eat every day. And so does my wife and my kids. And, you know, all these other things. I got to go to bed at night. And so the, 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 the list of things to do and accomplish never ends. The list of things to contemplate and consider and ponder never ends, right? And these things need to be considered, right? They're just part of our experience. But my point today is making sure that we're intentional about our treasuring, if that's a, an ing, if that's a, a verb. Um, but our treasuring, our pondering, uh, our pondering things in our heart, right? As I said in the beginning, church is a great opportunity for us to step outside of that, even just for a few moments, to reset, to recenter, to consider some of these things. But we also need to carry that into the week, into the moments of our lives that God provides for us to be able to step out to treasure the right things, to ponder the right things down in our heart so we can connect with him, so we can remember the beauty of the birth, the reason for the birth, the ways in which it impacts our lives, has and continue, continues to, but also the way that it impacts the world and the impact that we can have on the world during a season that gets really confusing, right, and messy and mixed up, and it seems like it's really all about these material things and the decorations. Again, those things aren't necessarily bad, but we've got to prioritize the right things. And I think Mary provides a great example for us to be able to do that. So that's the challenge. That, that, that's, that's the challenge, and I'll give you a couple quick practicals, and, and that's it uh, for today. The challenge is simple but it's not easy, right? It's simple, but it's not easy. To take the time this week to really treasure and ponder in our hearts two things. Jesus and Jesus entering the world. That's it. 
Right, so really treasuring that and then pondering that in our heart. Jesus and his entering the world. But the other thing I would encourage us to do and just really take advantage of this time of year, it's coming up on the end of the year. Before you know it, it's going to be January 1st. And for those of us that set New Year's resolutions and goals and so forth, and you know, have an opportunity to do that. But with the end of the year, it's really a great time to reflect on the year, right? And to treasure and ponder in our hearts all the blessings that we've received from God this year. And I think that's a great connection to the Thanksgiving seasons. Hopefully you had an opportunity to do that then. But if not, it's not too late, right? It's never too late with God. So taking some time, thinking back on the year. Sure, there were challenges. I had challenges. We all have challenges, right? And we need to acknowledge those and put those in the right place and think about how God can help us grow. But we also need to take the opportunity to think about all the blessings throughout the year, all the great things that God did, all the strengths that he's given us, all the victories he's given us in our lives. Because if we really sit down and just think about it for a moment, there's blessing upon blessing upon blessing that God has given us. And if we don't intentionally take the time to remember that, it will pass us by. And an opportunity to connect with God will have missed us. And that would be a bummer, right? So let's take the time to, again, ponder in our hearts, treasure Jesus and what that means and him entering the world, the blessings we've received from God through Jesus throughout the year, remembering that all of the blessings, to include the greatest blessing of all, that being Jesus Christ himself, has come to us through God, and to him be the glory now and forever. Amen, and thank you.